This is Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge on News Talk 770 Radio, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station. Welcome back. Afternoons on News Talk 770. Rob Breckenridge with you. Yeah, it's minus 20 in Calgary. It's a lot colder in space, I hear. Uh, maybe this guy can tell us a bit more. Very excited to be joined in studio today by now retired Canadian astronaut, former commander of the International Space Station. Uh, he's an author. He's now a children's author. He's a parade marshal, too, as I recall. Uh, Chris Hadfield joins us in studio here today to talk about his latest book. It's called The Darkest Dark. Commander Hatfield, welcome to the program. Glad to be here. And yeah, this would be a balmy day in orbit, minus 20. It's, <laughs> it's, right? it's like minus 140 up there normally. So a nice warm day. We should talk about so the news that, that came today. Uh, former astronaut John Glenn passing away at the age of, of 95. Former senator as well, of course. But, um, you know, it's it's a small club, you you astronauts. And we were talking off the air. You, you knew John. There's some, yeah. some thoughts on, on his, his life. I, I don't uh, use the term great lightly. Uh, he was a great American, uh, a lifetime of service his entire life. Mm-hmm. He and his wife grew up in small town uh, in Ohio. They were, they were, they knew each other as, I think they slept together when they were like months old because their parents right. were neighbors. <laughs> they were in the same playpen, you know, they, and, um, he only drove convertibles. He, uh, he is a fascinating guy and he flew once. He was the first American around the earth, first American to orbit the world. And then luckily, the program saw fit to fly him again on the shuttle back in when he was 77, back in the yeah, late 90s. Um, and uh, every interaction I ever had with him, nothing but uh, class and respect and uh, and a life well lived. Uh, everybody lost something today, and, and I sure did. Yeah, well said. Uh, well, we got a lot to talk about today, but why don't we talk about the book? And I, I notice I'm, I'm reading this book. It's about a boy named Chris who, who dreams of being an astronaut, uh, but you know, is, is afraid of the dark. Um, is that uh, you, you drawing inspiration anywhere? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, if you make a children's book, and uh, it, it was an interesting process. We worked with two artists, uh, Eric and Terry Fan, who did all the artwork in the That's book amazing. and did it brilliantly. Yeah. Love, lovely brothers, but uh, what do you make the book about? What's the purpose of a children's book? And we thought about it uh, long and hard, my wife and I, for, for several years. How do you write a book that is worthwhile, a book that means something, a book that when you finish the book, um, maybe the child will have come away with, with some different thoughts. And our, our objective was uh, it, that a child sees that it's okay to be afraid. That, that that's normal. In this case, fear of the dark, which is common to us all, I think. That's mm-hmm. a natural human fear. But the real question is, if you're afraid of the dark, what do you do about it? Or if you're afraid of anything, what do you do with your fear? Do you let it just keep you from doing everything or, or do you find some way past it? And to to take my own particular story, being afraid of the dark, but then ending up actually doing two spacewalks, being out in the darkest dark that anybody could possibly imagine, where the bottomless darkness goes on forever... Um, how do you get from there to there, and 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 how do you recognize that even in the things that might initial, initially cause you fear, there are some wonderful, beautiful, untapped experiences, and uh, and that was all the genesis for the darkest dark, and I'm just so proud of uh, of how the book has come out. Right. So I mean, it, it is about at its essence inspiring young people. Well, is that what it, you hope it? Uh, yeah. You know, people do things with their lives quite differently when they're inspired. 
when they see that there's a possibility to do something beyond maybe the predictable or beyond the mundane or beyond maybe what what was normal for the for the life their parents had or their, or in their neighborhood that's we need that as a society we have to not only educate our young people but we need to inspire them they need to have a burning desire to change something or to do something that's currently impossible and uh, astronauts are i mean like john glenn was to me he did something impossible and he took a huge risk to do it but he and, and his uh, compatriots inspired me to pursue an entirely different life than I would have otherwise. And so I feel the, uh, the, the echoed reflection responsibility of that as one of Canada's astronauts. And it, it kind of guides most of the things I choose to do. But it was definitely a factor in deciding how to put together this book something you've talked about before and you know there are different ways of inspiring people you can do it through science you can do it through art but you've talked about how they're almost like two sides of the same coin in a way oh absolutely uh there's often an insight in something artistic that that i personally don't get any other way you know a way somebody a way leonard cohen has phrased something you know that just or 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 a what or a turn of phrase that you realize oh or the way somebody's painted something or it, it's just, it shows um, something that you can, can't really put into language. Whereas at the same time, there, there's the scientific explanation for it. And the two, to me, they move up in parallel like, like draft horses pulling us along. And uh, I think you ignore one or the other at, at peril. And to try and recognize the, uh, the uniqueness and the beauty of both simultaneously, that, that's a really cool position to be in. Yeah, and I, I and we were even talking about it off the air. And I think it's such a memorable image of you playing the guitar yeah. in space. Uh, and and but I mean, you 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 did that for a reason, right? Well, well, I've always been a musician. I mean, lots of people are musicians. You know, I just uh, played in bars and stuff. It's just kind of a fun way to celebrate everything. But uh, I, I was down on one of the small Caribbean islands and I had a young diving instructor. And he was about. 19 and he knew nothing about the space program it wasn't part of his life it's not part of his country anything he wasn't following anything about you know the history of it or the future of it but he knew about the international space station because he had seen me playing guitar on the space station he mm -hmm. saw humans uh, living in a new place and not just living there but um, where the art and culture that had been part of the 1960s when David Bowie wrote Space Oddity was now being sort of evolved and reinterpreted in a new place. And and I saw it kind of through his eyes. It, it, it reminded me of the fact that everybody sees the world through their own filters. And if you can communicate your ideas uh, to the best of your ability, sometimes it's it's surprising how other people then change their own actions and their own ideas and their own awareness. And so, yeah, when recording Space Oddity, it was just sort of a lark with my son. I, and I was, really? But the best part for me, the best part of that song was that, that Bowie loved it. And he wrote yeah. that song when he was just in his late teens or just out of his teens. And when he was just dying in the last year or two of his life, to have that song recorded in the place he'd always wanted to go and, and knowing that it put a big smile on his face to me, that was absolutely the best part of doing that song. That's amazing. Well, yeah. but as you say, I mean, it raises awareness about why you're up there in the first place because that, that's always a challenge. I mean, certainly NASA right now, they, they've got some some big goals, some objectives, short-term and long-term, but you got to keep the public engaged. You got to make the public care because, you know, you can't do this stuff for free, but it matters. Well, well sure. You, you can't. I think it was John who said, no buck, no buck Rogers, right? You yeah. have to 
you have to decide what what is important within our society. Part of it needs to be the problems of today. We have to address social issues. You have to take care of our citizens. But you also have to challenge people and inspire them and give them the opportunity to do things that are currently right on the edge of impossible. And and exploration falls into that role, the research and development and trying to understand the rest of the universe. And and uh, the stuff we've discovered in the last year is, I mean, we just found a glacier on Mars the size of Lake Superior. There, and we're the seventh most water-covered planet in our solar system. We're, like, we're, like, we're not second. We're not third. We're behind several moons. There are moons that have bigger, deeper, uh, more plentiful oceans than Earth, moons of other planets. Uh, we're seeing planets around other stars where, you know, we're, we're just sort of this little toddler starting to take its steps and being surprised by the wonder of everything around us. And that only comes as a result of challenging people to try and solve problems that we've never been able to face up to before. All right, we're back, Darcy. Thanks for that breaking news. Uh, we're in conversation here with uh, Chris Hadfield, uh, now retired Canadian astronaut, talking about his uh, latest book, uh, The Darkest Dark, and what else he's got going on. But uh, just a, a point as well to what we're able to learn from, from having humans in space. And I was reading that, I guess it was three years ago, right? You were up there now? Yeah, yeah, 2013. And coming back... I mean, being up there takes an incredible toll on the body. But not mm. only are we learning about our, our solar system, and the, we're learning about how we can change people's lives, affect people's lives here on this planet. Well, if you take away one major variable from the human body, you can study it in a whole new way. So if you take away gravity, you can now study our balance system. You can study our blood pressure regulation system uh, in a way you can't. And we can study osteoporosis. I had significant osteoporosis across my hips and upper femur as a, just as a result of removing one stimulus, one uh, variable, which is the, the force of gravity. And so it's a pretty interesting laboratory. It's not the only purpose by any means of being up there, but it provides a really interesting laboratory to better understand uh, the human body, both for for long-term space exploration, but more importantly for for just understanding the body for everybody here on the surface. You felt like a, a tottering old man, I think was the quote, <laughs> when, you, when you came back. Yeah, yeah, I did. My, I mean, I couldn't balance with my eyes closed, and the world was spinning, and if I stood up, I fainted. You know, it's just uh, your body is, is, is uh, used to living. Your body's wow. pretty plastic. It does its best to try and, and change to where you live. And uh, six months away from home, boy, coming back, it was it was a brutal reminder just what an oppressive force gravity is. Well, man, that's important. I mean, we, we dream of going to Mars one day. We're going to put humans into space for long, long periods of time. We, we need to understand how to deal with this. What's cool is we've had people living on the space station for over 16 years. If you're a Calgarian 16 years of age or younger, you've never been alive when people weren't living off the planet. And so we're we're starting to gather all all of that data and and the long duration stuff and and yeah we'll go from the space station to the moon uh, I think if you look at how we explored Antarctica for the last 120 years that's probably the pattern of exploration will continue to follow from the Earth to the space station to the moon to Mars eventually and there's no big rush it's it's not some sort of race or something. But I think it's it's the inevitable continuation of the uh, undeniable human necessity to explore and understand. All right. So beyond writing a children's book, I mean, you're now officially out of the, the Canadian space program, but it's not like you're, you're sitting around. You, you've got a lot on the go these days. What, what are you up to? Tell us a bit more. Uh, well, I was recently in the high Arctic on an old Soviet icebreaker, and they invited me up, and I brought a team of 10 people with a huge... Uh, our artists with a huge social media presence. There were already scientists on board, but I wanted... Uh, there are a lot of parts of the world 
that we only see through sort of a negative filter or someone else telling us what we're supposed to think about. Like if you, if you talk about, I don't know, the, uh, the Congo, or if you talk about the Amazon, you talk about the rainforest, you talk about the Arctic, there's someone else's adjectives are almost always in between you and just a personal understanding of it. And what I tried to do from the space station was let people see what it's actually like there. This is what it's like. And, and so we wanted to do the same up in the Arctic. And uh, so I brought um, musicians and artists and videographers and photographers and writers up with me. And it's been lovely to see the impact of tens of millions of people who get an unfiltered, direct view of what that experience was like. Because if you're going to care about something, first you have to know it exists. And then you have to have some sort of personal understanding and tie to it. And, uh, and we really have to have both of those things uh, at a more of a global scale, I think. And so that project, which we call Generator, we put a big show in Toronto at Massey Hall, um, sort of a science and comedy show, talking about some of the really interesting human endeavors that are going on and how they're not only intriguing and challenging, but they're also pretty entertaining. And and so we're, we're building on that. I... Uh, I'm actually helping select the new Canadian astronauts. The Canadian Space wow. Agency is hiring yeah. two astronauts, so so that that's uh, a great process. Yeah, hey, I'm so, available. I, looking well, uh, <laughs> only eight thousand people applied. So oh, there you go uh, uh, for the two positions. Um, and I I lecture, I teach at the University of Waterloo, and, and um, a, a lot of different projects, uh, hosting TV shows and 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 such. But to me, the continuous thread through the whole thing is um, the the privilege of the experience that I've had to this point uh, of seeing the world the way that I was trusted to uh, as one of Canada's astronauts. How do you then uh, share that experience so that other people can look at it and maybe incorporate it into their own thinking or into their own decision making? And I work with schools. I use Skype and tie into classrooms uh, as often as I can during the week for a half hour Q&A with students. To me, it's all part of the same process of, of sharing the, my particular experiences uh, with as many people as possible so they can decide how, how they want to use that experience in their own lives. Right. Well, uh, on that note, uh, we should give people a heads up. Uh, you got time to plug in your vehicles now. You're going to be uh, <laughs> appearing tonight in Calgary, 7 o'clock, right? 7 o'clock at, at the, uh, Chapters on McLeod Trail. That's the one yeah. in the yeah. cell. And um, so folks could uh, come down, say hi. Get a picture, yeah, shake your head. All, all three books will be there, I think. All also. three books, yeah. which includes the latest, The Darkest Dark, which is already a bestseller. So congrats on that. Congrats on a, a, an amazing career. And thank you so much for coming in here today. It's been Lovely. fantastic. Lovely to talk with you. Thanks there you very go. much. That is the one and only Chris Hatfield. Again, the book is called The Darkest Dark. 7 o'clock tonight, the chapters 9631 McLeod Trail South. We're back with more right after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.